why don't you put the show on the back burner a bit? And um, since recording, since coming back, I promised myself more than anything to be more fucking consistent. This is Luscious Lou, and I listen to the Comic Syndicate. If you love comics, you'll be into what? Listen to the Comic Syndicate. If movies make you contemplate, Josiah's will accommodate. Twitter for communication at Comic Syndicate 1. I was drowning in a sea of podcasts, and I found the one I need at long last. Book reviews, the news, and sex facts. It's more than anyone can ask for. The Comic Syndicate Podcast. Welcome to the Comic Syndicate episode 338. I'm your host, Josias at For the Villain on Twitter at Comic underscore Syndicate on Instagram. Welcome back to another week, guys. Let's hit it like we normally do, what we spoke about 100 episodes ago. Episode 238, I entitled Hashtag Old Song New Dance. The Comic Syndicate episode 238. This week at For the Villain hits what we spoke about 100 episodes ago and deep dives an old story and topic where he asks, what would you do? Uh, what would you do then and now? I do not recall what that question was. Normally off of the title, I'm able to pinpoint like, okay, I remember what I spoke about. Even though, granted, 100 episodes ago, I have really good recollection of what it is based on the title alone. This one in particular, I have zero fucking clue what the hell I spoke about. If you guys are ever intrigued by any of these titles, topics, please jump back into my catalog at thecomicsyndicate.podbean.com. At For the Villain, hit some brief bullet points, then roll some comic talk. Comic News, Ghostbusters 3, Bumblebee, Woody Woodpecker, The Walking Dead live action, Lion King trailer, Rocket Raccoon group series, Netflix News, Marvel Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., Captain Marvel, Disney California Adventure, DC Comics, DC Extended Universe, Birds of Prey title, Supergirl casting, then finally rock some comic reviews, Marvel Marvel Comics, Cosmic Ghost writer number five of five donny cates was the writer and dylan burnett was the artist all right a few days after that one that one was recorded 11 27 2018 so four days after that i recorded deep dives and rabbit holes episode 238.1 hashtag the orange bubble this one was recorded Saturday, December 1st, 2018. The Orange Bubble Part 2 of 2. This week at RG Floors and at For the Villain continue our conversation about our own hometown of Orange County, California. Where this week we ask, you knew you grew up in Orange County, California when? We also discuss historical and origin points we found and came across along with 10 facts about Orange County. Then ask, which is your favorite California county to visit? Local to Orange County, California. Give a love, give a listen, and let us know what you think. This one is a tad different than what we're used to recording and putting out, but wanted to share another odd topic you guys can share with your friends. All right, guys, uh, those ones are always fun to do. Uh, Orange County, but now that I ask uh, one more time, let's ask: What is your favorite uh, California county to visit? 
No one likes Riverside. <laughs> uh, let's see. Riverside. No. Uh, Orange County is fucking dope as fuck. Uh, Northern Cali is dope as well. Um, Los Angeles County, not going to lie. Hate it. San Diego County, don't mind it. Uh, I love vacationing in San Diego all the time. That's my personal preference where I do enjoy going a lot. But um, yeah, what are your guys's? All right, let's hit some bullet points. This is going to be quick this week. It's just going to be a quick shout out. Uh, and this is going to be to one of my boys uh, in the trenches I work with at the restaurant. So Chris, I love this guy. Uh, very cool cat, down to earth, fun, funny gentleman. Cat dude, uh, I, I love homeboy dude. Uh, we're in the trenches with uh, insanely busier nights now, working and cooking. So we like to grab beer uh, certain Tuesdays normally after getting our asses kicked from the evening and just to unwind. Not all the time, but mainly Tuesdays we go to this bar literally a block away from where I live and we have a beer. It's happy hour. We don't do it often, but I mean twice a month isn't terrible, right? So anyways, uh, we hang out. We met up Derek this past Tuesday last week and um, out of the blue, Chris asked me, um, how, when and how do you even find the time to record your podcast? Uh, and I'm really beginning to think and ask about the exact same thing. We're having longer nights. Mondays and Tuesday nights should not be long nights, but because we are short-handed, short-staffed, I'm, we're getting our asses fucking handed to us and we're getting out way fucking later to the point now where before I was able to have a seat and enjoy reading. And now I'm getting home later to the point where it's like, I don't want to do a fucking damn fucking thing when I get home. I want to fucking sit down, have a fucking beer, unwind, and watch fucking sports. Uh, whatever it is to unwind, you know? And the it's getting harder. It really is getting harder and tougher to find the time to read, number one. Find the time to uh, write out anything at all. And just to even put this out, to find a pocket of time to record is really fucking tougher now. Uh, it's It almost got to the point where it's like, Josiah, can you fucking continue doing this? Working both jobs and now you're busier at the second job and you're not getting enough sleep anyways already as it is. Why don't you put the show on the back burner a bit? And um, since recording, since coming back, I promised myself more than anything to be more fucking consistent. Uh, and that's with everything. Uh, hang out with family, friends, reach out to friends, do all those things. It's just something I promised myself I would do. So if I ever need to miss a show, I have a deep dives and rabbit holes in the chamber ready to go, like to fill in. For me, missing a week essentially is, is the way I look at it. Now, I do need to record more of those, and they are tougher to record, though, because there are more context, more information, and to do the research. I'm, I have zero time to do any research on anything anymore, which is a bummer, and it does suck. Anyways, I say all that to see the consistency. Uh, I... I get enough done to the point where I can put on a, a good fucking show for you guys. Or I believe in my mind. I do. Um, I believe I'm that good. So just being consistent is the key in the way I look at it. So even though I 
don't think I read a lot. I read a fucking lot to put on a show for you guys. And I even brought a few things along with me for this particular ride. But before I get there, let me round out my Twitter love and shoutouts, I guess, uh, my plugs as always. Please find my friends, my boys, at the Comics and Tortillas podcast hosted by Adam Garza, Hector Cornejo, and Ben Davis. They're the only podcast, uh, comic podcast I listen to. They're great dudes. They're fun dudes. Uh, they interact with you guys. So they are. They normally stream on Sunday nights, I believe at 8.30 p.m. I'm going to try to hop on and check them out tonight, but I normally hear them first thing in the in the morning, Monday mornings when I'm working. But yes, please find them. They're great. And um, please find the Comics and Tortillas YouTube. Please subscribe to Adam. He's killing it with those. So please, please, please find them out, guys. And then last, WonderCon 2024, live at the Anaheim Convention Center on March 29th through the 31st. It's creeping up really quick, so the end of the month, next month. All right. Question of the week. Do I want to hit... You know what? Yes. Okay. Question of the week real quick. Hmm. Yeah. Let's give you guys some time to think about it. Okay. Uh, this one is kind of a two-parter. These always, again, uh, like I always say, they I come across these by something I've read review-wise, whatever I've read. Uh, that's where the questions come from. And I had two. Well, I had one and I'm like, okay, I can split them up and let's save this question for another show. Perhaps, you know, just use it in the chamber down the road. And I figured, you know what, fuck it. Let's just ask a two-parter. This is what it is. First one should be very easy to figure out or answer for you guys. Off the top of your head, you guys should know. First one, what is the best team you've ever been a part of? And that's from anything in life, work, job, sports, anything. Just kind of curious second one is uh whom is someone in your life not family at all that you have helped train and teach and watch them grow in a part and i'm sorry in a positive way that you are proud of and again no family i don't want to hear no offense guys oh my five-year-old kid he's a fucking stud t-ball player that's fantastic that's not what i'm talking about at all I'm talking more of a a mentor role. And I know parents are mentors, but I mean a different type of mentor where you had to train someone, you had to teach someone a skill. And that's that's the question. All right, guys. Uh, okay. <laughs> I did find it. So I said I brought some friends along with me this week, a little bit of help. And I brought some what the fuck news articles for this week. Now, this one, I'm going to try to come up with a new segment here real quick. Which one is bullshit? All right. This first one, um, Huffington Post. This is where it comes from. Accused hit and run driver drove with victim's body for 40 miles before stopping. The force of the crash was enough to propel the victim into the vehicle. The driver thought he had hit an animal police say. That was still the title of the article. This one came out December 20, I'm sorry, December 18th, 2023. Here is the article. A Texas man accused of a hit and run apparently hit the victim so hard that the body flew up into the air into the car's passenger seat. Even stranger, the driver didn't notice the body next to him in the car and drove another 40 miles before passing out in a jack-in-the-box restaurant in, in White Settlement, Texas, Saturday night. Officers were called to the restaurant for a welfare check for a man who had appeared to be slumped over the steering wheel of a gray Kia Forte four-door passenger car, according to the department release. 
The responding deputy noted the car had extensive front-end hood and windshield damage. The officer also noticed something else, a human body with no signs of life in the front passenger seat, the release noted. The driver later identified as 31-year-old Nestor Lujan Flores of Arlington, was immediately asked to step out of the vehicle and detained for further investigation. Investigators think the impact of the accident was so intense that the pedestrian was thrown inside the vehicle and landed in the passenger seat. This just fucking feels like weekends at, weekend at Bernie's to me. And that's an old, old reference for uh, any of you guys that have never heard of that before. Lujan Flores told police he thought he had struck a deer in Dallas and just continued driving to the Jack in the Box, according to NBC Dallas Fort Worth. Lujan Flores apparently never reported the collision to the police. White Settlement Police Chief Christopher Cook told the station, and this is his statement, it's very unfortunate that he did not realize that this was a human being to stop and render aid and call for help, Cook said. When you're impaired to this level where you hit a pedestrian on the roadway and you think it's an animal, that's a significant impairment. I would fucking say that guy. Lujan Flores is in custody at the White Settlement Jail on pending charge of intoxication manslaughter, according to KWTX-TV, which noted that he had two previous arrests for DWI, including a conviction in 2021. The victim hasn't been identified, but the Dallas County Sheriff's Office notified White Settlement Police on Sunday of a crash Saturday night on I-30 where human remains were found. Authorities will test them to see if they match the remains of the body found in the car. Once identified, the Tarrant County Medical Examiner's Office will release the name publicly after the victim's loved ones have been notified. All right, guys, we all drive, right? Um, California? Not a lot of deer. Not going to lie to you. Um, certain spots more than others, of course. I mean, we live in the city, so we don't really see a lot of stuff. Uh, I live in Lake Forest. It's more spread out. You see more coyote and I get, you know, warnings like we had, you know, coyote spotted outside your complex, stuff like that. Um, giant fucking hawks, giant fucking hawks. And, um, as far as deer, not really, but let's say you're driving and you hit a fucking deer. Number one. I can let that fucking slide and pass, right? But the deer pops up, flies into the air, and lands on your fucking passenger seat is a whole different fucking story. And very what the fuck. So, have you guys... I don't know. Have you guys ever hit a deer? Have you guys ever hit a person? Fuck, I have a fucked up story real quick. Okay, look, my bad. Um, Have you guys ever hit a person? I've hit many people. Uh, have I hit anyone with my car? Okay. Jeez, I'm a great fucking driver, guys. Uh, I was getting home after work one day uh, from the office and when I was living in Anaheim, so right by downtown Disney, fuck. And um, I was driving. I was making a turn to go. I was literally on the final stretch to get home. And some kid was riding his skateboard. And homeboy literally popped out from out of nowhere. I don't know if he didn't see me and um, he thought he could make the, the – it, it wasn't even at a crosswalk. You know, and I always stop, you know, it's like, okay, cool. There's no stop sign here. And I don't know what, what he tried to do. Granted, there were a lot of cars and homeboy popped out from out of nowhere. Now I hit the dude and the kid like almost ended up on my passenger seat. <laughs> Fuck me, dude. Um, just kidding. Um, it was, it was, there's no, uh, I had a hood on, on my car so that he wouldn't have been able to. Anyways, so I felt fucking terrible. And I call the cops and I get out and I wait for the cops and make sure the kid's okay. And homeboy is freaked out. And as soon as the cops show up, 
um, thanks for not leaving. Well, yeah, dude. I mean, I want to make sure he's okay. Kid, are you okay? Yeah, I'm fine. No, wasn't scraped up, wasn't scratched up or anything. They're just like, the officers start asking me questions. I'm like, yeah, I just got off work. I mean, I was making this right turn and kid literally popped out from out of nowhere. Um, he goes, did he use the crosswalk? And I'm like, no, he didn't at all. And he asked the kid, kid, did you use the crosswalk? No, I just cut across. So even the cops are like, hey, dude, like, thanks for waiting, kid. You're in the fucking bad. And um, that's it. The cops are like, okay, both of you guys have a great day. Kid, are you okay? I'm fine. Okay, dope, dude. Peace out. Um, so technically, <laughs> I didn't hit. I hit a baby deer, technically. Um, shit, that was a fucked up story. Okay, sorry, guys. <laughs> Continuing on, uh, this one came off a, another what the fuck news article, Associated Press this time. A Kansas couple charged with collecting man's retirement while keeping his body in their home six years. This one came out January 20th, 2024. Overland Park, Kansas. A Kansas couple has been charged with fraudulently collecting more than $215,000 in retirement benefits on behalf of a dead relative while they concealed his body inside their home for six years. Authorities say Mike Carroll's pacemaker showed that he died in 2016 at age 81. But Overland Park police didn't discover his body until 2022 after his son-in-law, Kirk Ritter, called police to report his death in the Kansas City suburb. Prosecutors say Lynn Ritter and Kirk Ritter, both 61, continued depositing and spending from Carol's bank account even while his body became quote-unquote mummified on a bed in the home he owned. Lynn Ritter's is Carol's daughter. Family members told the Kansas City Star that the Ritters would repeatedly give them excuses about why Carol could never take a phone call or visit while leading let's see, I'm sorry about that. Uh, visit while leading them to believe that Carol was still alive. Um, he can't come to the phone right now. He's he's vacuuming. I'm sorry, he can't fucking come to the phone right now. He's doing yard with like fucked up, dude. The couple was due to appear in federal court to face several charges on February 2nd. So today, I'm sorry, two days ago, uh, they didn't respond to the phone and email messages from the newspaper and court documents do not list a defense attorney representing them. Prosecutors said the pension and social security payments Carol received over the six years after his death totaled $216,067, but bank records from that time showed checks being written from his bank account and cashed by Lynn and Kirk Ritter. All right, so which one is bullshit? That's this segment, guys. Um, First of all, they're... Okay, look, let's go back to this article. I'm more intrigued and surprised by the how do you fucking pitch this to your lady? Hey, sweetie. Hey, honey. Hey, hey, sweetheart. Hey, babe. Uh, dude just died. Um, do you think? How would you feel about keeping his dead carcass um, in one of the bedrooms and let's cash his Social security checks? You fucking asshole. That's a great fucking idea. Like, what kind of fucking twisted person? Like, how do you pitch it? Number, how do you have the balls to fucking pitch it? 
And then how do you follow through as the person getting the idea pitched to? And just so much what the fuck. So uh, as opposed to calling this segment, which one is bullshit? I think I'm just going to call this segment. I fucking hate people. All right, guys, give me a few and I'll be right back with some comic talk. Hey, this is Scott Snyder. I'm writing All-Star Batman uh, this year and you're listening to the Comic Syndicate. I'm Mitch Gerrans, the artist and sheriff of Babylon. I'm Tom King, the writer of Sheriff of Babylon, and you're listening to the Comic Syndicate. Comic Syndicate. This is Kevin Conroy, the voice of Batman, and you're listening to the Comics Syndicate. Hi, my name is Brian Bucciolato, and I listen to the Comics Syndicate. Hi, this is Chris Michelle, we're hanging out here at Frank and Sons, and are having a good time on a Sunday or Saturday afternoon, and uh, you're listening to me live on the Comic Syndicate. Hi, this is Brian Michael Bendis, and you are listening to the Comics Syndicate. Comic Talk. All right, guys, welcome back to some comic talk. Let's hit it like we do. Uh, let's see. Okay, I did say I didn't read a lot. I I did quite a bit. Uh, first one's going to be a Marvel Comics title. It's going to be Dead X-Men number one. Steve Fox is the writer. Jonas Scharf is the... And Bernard Chang, I'm sorry, are the artists. Vincenzo Caratu is... Are, they're all the artists. I'm sorry, Frank Martin is the colors. I forgot there are so many artists in this one. VC's Corey Pettit is the letterer. This title starts off with uh, and is about the new team of X-Men that was introduced at the Hellfire Gala. Uh, Adam and I loved this. It's pretty much uh, all the mutants show up, and they all got butchered and massacred. So this was going to be the introduction of this team of X-Men. And the Nimrod Sentinel showed up and massacred a bunch of mutants. This team that was getting announced that day were the ones that died fucking as soon as they got introduced, which was interesting. So it's pretty much that's the story of Prodigy, Frenzy, Jubilee, Dazzler, Cannonball and Ascani, which is uh, Phoenix, not uh, Jean Grey Phoenix. Here they are on currently in a timeline, it's, and it's a, pretty much a time jump mission to find out the exact point prior to when Maura McTaggart turned bad, as she's always been a friend of the X Men and mutants. So. After several failed missions and attempts, they finally end up on a torn apart planet now where the final mutants are hiding. With the last batch right now uh, of X-Men in this future are Blink, Random, Root Fire, Armor, and the leader of this X-Men team, surviving X-Men team, in this timeline is Abigail Brand. And now we also see now where this, this, X, this dead X-Men team end up. Um, and it's a future Araco, uh, and it's a final mutant refuge. We see this ship of the X-Men of this timeline get attacked by the Phalanx now, and we also get to see uh, the big bad of this timeline, what looks like to be an interesting, odd human version of Mr. Sinister for the most part. And this cat's looking for uh, Mysterium. Uh, the last bit of Mysterium, it's a metal of, of this world, that the X-Men uh, of this timeline happen to have. So it's very interesting to see how arrogant this guy is saying that although he hasn't been able to find and gain that last bit of Mysterium yet, that it was way easier for him to find a fragment of an Emkron crystal, which is a nexus of reality. It's very old school. Um, so this one I enjoyed. It could be a really good jumping on point for some people, especially since uh, we get to see some new groups of teams. Star Jammers was fucking cool to see, like a new rendition of that team. 
Um, it wasn't overwhelming. You don't have to know every character, but um, it's pretty much just that team now are on a mission to find more McTaggart and when she turned. And it was interesting. I, I liked it. It was not fantastic. These next bunch are fucking killer, though. This one, when I say I read a lot more than I was expecting, this is what it was. Now, I have... I've read many, and I was pretty much current with uh, the last run of The Incredible Hulk. So this one is Marvel Comics, The Incredible Hulk, number one through number eight. I just fucking breezed through these. So Philip Kennedy Johnson is the writer. Nick Klein is the artist. Matthew Wilson was the colorist. So, and it just starts off the insert of this, of all of them. They always try to give you guys a background of the character. Bruce Banner is a man constantly at war with himself. For within him is the green, rage-fueled, gamma-powered force of nature known as the Hulk. Bruce and Hulk recently worked together to close the green door, a metaphysical threshold that allowed fellow gamma mutates like Bruce's estranged wife Betty Ross to return to life after dying. Then to try to tame the monster within him, Bruce seized control of the Hulk's body, imprisoning him and torturing the Hulk's psyche. But Bruce couldn't keep the Hulk locked away forever. And now he finds himself once again on the run in order to protect the rest of the world from the Incredible Hulk. So this is very cool. Now, I uh, honestly had not read any of this this run, current run so far. So literally one through number eight. And in the past recent run by Donny Cates, it's pretty much uh, Bruce Banner figured out a way to keep the Hulk at bay. And now it's kind of coming back to haunt him. So the green door has been tampered with, and this is where all the mutates come from. And even though Bruce has worked to keep the Hulk at bay, Bruce realizes that he still needs the Hulk in certain circumstances, and we definitely see it in this title. Uh, just the the back and forth between these characters. Okay. So anyways, I'm trying to catch you guys all up on, on what's going on now. We've come to see that in the prior run again. Uh, Hulk really, because of what happened and what Bruce did to keep the Hulk at bay, when the Hulk does manifest, he's able to talk. And you can just see he really hates and despises Bruce Banner and wants to rid himself once and for all of Bruce Banner. And he's always calls him puny Banner. Like he, he hates him. And it's weird because the flip is they both feel this way. Um, Bruce feels the same way about Hulk. Like he's had this burden he's had to live with for so long. And Bruce, you know, wants to get rid of it. He, he really wants to get rid of the Hulk. And the Hulk just now wants to take over Bruce. Because every time he, he forms into the Hulk, he, it's weird. Like the psych and the mental place he the cell he puts the hulk puts bruce banner in is fucked up and it's they keep doing it to each other so anyways just to catch you guys up on what's going on they hate each other and the hulk fucking hates them so now um this run is about the green door being damaged now and how because of this the nexus of realities has released a bunch of monsters out in the world now and um to take out and kill the hulk so there's an elder uh, and she's like a, a monster woman creature, the first ever or the oldest creature um, that wants to use the Hulk uh, to take over as her own. She needs his physical body. And we just see how 
pissed off and how much more indifferent and cynical the Hulk is written right now and really is now. Like, not just Hulk smash. Like, Hulk, we need some help, buddy. I don't give a shit if you need my help mentality. Like, it's it's dope to see. So this title is just very cool, very dark, very violent, very gritty, and it's written just fucking dope. Um, and, and how he's been written right now for a while now honestly the past few runs of the hulk uh the incredible hulk any of those runs like it's written like a fucking horror story and it's something i'm fucking totally totally in for especially now uh the way it's drawn the transformations now just seeing what bruce goes through when he transforms into the hulk it looks fucking so bizarre and violent and nasty and it's fucking sick and it's dope uh it's worth checking out now it's that's pretty much the gist of this run if you guys are curious check it out i don't believe adam i don't believe any of the comics in 3ds boys dig on the art i love the art style for the the gritty horror aspect of the story it works so well especially again that transformation like you see bruce's face expanding and like his skin is getting torn apart as his face gets bigger as he hulks it's fucking so fucking cool to see um i love the art because of this now can i say dude is like top-notch artist not in my opinion but the way he's drawing the hulk in general to me looks fucking dope again i sometimes you need some gritty art with uh, some dirty fucking storytelling and i don't mean dirty in a bad way i mean like dirty like it's fucked up it's a horror fucking story so i really enjoyed it beginning of this run we meet a young girl named charlie and very sad this girl her dad beat her i mean straight up he he beat her he he abuses her physically and um we learn more about charlie throughout the story and we see how she interacts with both bruce banner and the hulk like she's they're in trouble and she's like I need you to turn into the Hulk. We need help right now. And Bruce is like, dude, I don't want that fucking guy around. And she doesn't understand the aspect of of what Bruce is going through. And he's trying to help out this girl. And then every time he hulks out, he loses it. And uh, Hulk is there to save this girl. And the girl looks up to him because she wants to be strong because she couldn't be strong with with the way her life has turned out so she in a weird way she's looking she i mean she definitely looks up to the hulk turning into a monster you know and she wants to be strong and to stand up to things that she's unable to do so great story but every time the hulk talks to her he keeps telling the girl when bruce finally comes back don't trust him don't trust anything he fucking tells you he's trying to get rid of me it's fucked up and it's weird and cool because we see both aspects of Bruce taking care of the kid and the Hulk taking care of the kid. Like, it's weird. And that dynamic is interesting to me, and I really enjoy this run. I'm not going to ruin a lot of stuff. There are a bunch of side characters that have been introduced. Uh, there's a new Ghost Rider. Um, that's very cool to see. Those fight scenes were were cool. Man-Thing um, was another dope character. I like that. That was cool to see. Uh, if you're looking for a dark Marvel title, like, again, a horror story, 
Definitely check this one out. I fucking enjoyed this run so far. And then uh, let's hit the last review real quick. This one is going to be my book of the week. Um, Okay, so where are you? Sorry, guys. I found it. Okay, Marvel Comics. So I read a grip, guys, apparently. Marvel Comics, Wolverine number 42, The Sabretooth War Part 2. And again, the cover, again, gives you these explicit warnings. The most violent Wolverine story ever told. Parental advisory, not for kids. Victor Laval and Benjamin Percy are the writers, Jeff Shaw, and Corey Smith are the pencilers, Jeff Shaw, and Oren Jr. are the inkers. Alex Sinclair is the color artist, and VC's Corey Pettit is the letterer. This one starts off, the North Pole, just outside the X-Force headquarters. And this one starts off exactly where I left off uh, the last review of Wolverine number 41. Sabretooth now talking. I know what you're thinking, Runt. You got murder on your mind. Blood for blood. As we see panels now of severed heads, severed arms, body parts everywhere. And prior issue, Sabretooth did spell out happy birthday with these limbs for Wolverine. As we now see an overview panel now of our 616 Victor Creed Sabretooth talking to Wolverine as we see Wolverine all alone and across from him is just an army, a legit army of saber-tooths. Albeit a bunch of them are headless saber-tooths, but still, they're all saber-tooths body. A majority of them are. So I counted a good like 41-ish saber-tooths, which fucking nuts. And saber-tooths continues on. You want so, so bad to pay me back. But it ain't gonna happen. As we see now Wolverine go into town and start roping into the first batch of Sabretooths. Like, as our 616 Sabretooth is talking shit on Wolverine, Wolverine is scrapping with a good 20 of the other Sabretooths, getting his ass kicked, getting shredded up, but him also fucking slicing up a lot of motherfuckers and doing damage himself. So now, again, we see Wolverine just going to town, ripping into a bunch of these ones. All the while, our Sabretooth continues. I made a promise, Wolverine, I'll kill Sabretooth, before you all tossed me in that pit, Wolverine, I'll kill. I'll kill. Sabretooth continues, a promise of pain. Wolverine, I will fucking kill you. And the expletive is what you see. Sabretooth says, I'm here to make good on that promise. As we now continue to see Wolverine hack and claw his way through this army. But we finally see him getting his ass kicked now, and little by little, slowly getting overwhelmed and eventually getting overtaken by by this Sabretooth army. As they finally get him, and he's beaten to shreds, he says once more, we kill all of you. Sabretooth continues on just fucking with him. The pain you're feeling, it's just gonna get worse now. When you realize you can't do nothing about it, as they all hold him down now, the Sabretooth continues. When you realize you can't stop us from killing every last one of the team hold up inside your snow fort. Been busy since we last saw each other. Destroying worlds. Killed me a ton of weak-ass Wolverines and enlisted me an army. A Sabretooth army. Collected some things along the way. In one world, your old buddy Omega Red was sporting some adamantium tentacles. How, we, how about we use them to string the runt up? And this is still our Sabretooth. And one of the Sabretooths of another world that, that's helping him out. Sabretooth, no. And our Sabretooth grabs him by his neck. No, you don't know me. 
Don't you ever fucking know me. Just uh, just kill him. Finish him down. And then Sabretooth, and he's literally talking to a different Sabretooth of a different world slash timeline. The runt's going to live a while longer. Nobody knows we're here. So we swarm in and kill them all. I want the runt to hear their screams, to hear the screams of the dying. I want him to smell the torn livers and bloody entrails of his friends. I want to break him. And that's barely how the story starts. Fucking nuts already. All right. So very cool to see and fucked up to see. Now, now we get some scenes inside the bunker, the base now with Domino and Laura Kinney. So X-23 slash Wolverine. As we then see Wolverine walk in. So again, prior issue I, I reviewed of this. There is a saber tooth with shape shifting abilities that can totally blend in even scent wise. As we now see this crew of saber tooths, the whole rest batch of the army start infiltrating the facility and just go to fucking town and just start massacring everyone in there. Legit badass mutants are getting their asses kicked. Um, getting shredded apart. Even the youngster and younger mutants. Um, and the best way I can put it, like if any of you could ever picture the revenge of the Sith Anakin in the Jedi Temple scene. Um, when he finally turns, uh, this title shows you exactly what went down. Um, just nuts how fucking lots of mutant kids died dude. uh nothing nothing but buff throats anywhere i don't know why i added that oh yeah studs oh uh, yeah um uh, so now now we see uh, other people of of uh of this facility north star and aurora then enter the story where they do what they can to help out the mutants now as this place is now overrun by this threat this murderous fucking threat as we once again now see pages of where Wolverine is now at. So two friends of Wolverine's enter and they're fucked. Trying to help out everyone. Colossus is able to turn to you know his, his metal form, his metallic form, and go to work to try to help out. So while this is going on, a lot of people are getting massacred again. So now we see where Wolverine is now. And he's strung up. He's helpless to do anything. He's got... Uh, a tentacle on each arm, uh, like he's pinned from tree to tree, um, in, in an X, which is, I mean, it, he's in an X, like his legs are stretched out and, you know, he's just nothing he can fucking do, uh, helpless to do anything and to help at all. And this is where we get this inner monologue now from Wolverine. <clears throat> and this is fucked up, but this is my book of the week. And his inner monologue goes off. I can hear bones breaking and lungs choking on blood. I can smell the coppery stink of the slaughter, but I can feel it too. I can feel it like a sickness. Resurrection is over. There is no coming back. Creed already took Quentin and Akira. Everyone else in the greenhouse is next, including Laura. And as throughout all this dialogue, we see pages and panels of Wolverine with these kids, you know, sharing this bond, sharing this friendship, his tutelage, um, and just his bond with everyone. Like, he trained Jubilee, he trained Rogue, he trained Kitty Pride, he trained a bunch of these kids. And even though he is an asshole, and he's, he tried, always tried to train the kids proper. You know, like, we're living in a fucked up world, I never want you to kill unless you have to. But I want to train you to do so the proper way, just in case it ever comes down to it. But... In doing so, we see him always as a badass, 
and again these pages as this monologue is going on is just dope to see like how wolverine as a character is and how how he's grown just as a character is, is fucking dope so very cool um just to see this all right um so now we again we see him caring for looking out for training and befriending the youngsters because he wants them to do better um than what he had and what he had to go through and and what he's been through in his own life you know as his inner monologue continues to go off again as we see him do something insanely gnarly this is fucked up my bones might be sleeved up with adamantium but my joints are made of meat and meat shreds as he rips and pulls at his hand tugging tugging finally severing his hand and out of the stub he pops his claws so very reminiscent if you guys ever read the age of apocalypse like how that wolverine of that timeline is missing a hand and he's able to pop his claws off of this nub he's able to fucking pop his fucking claws so very nuts dude uh, he pops his claws and we watch him start going to work on himself now, just hacking away and cutting off his own limbs now just to get free. Starts off with his ankles and then his final wrist uh, till he just splatters onto the snow, a bloody pile of a mess of his own blood. Um, just missing everything really he he needs now to actually do any damage now. So the things he's doing like, he's fucked. Like, he's pissed. And he felt so helpless. So he's like, okay, fuck it. Uh, I have a healing factor. <laughs> like, fuck it. Let's pull the shred apart this fucking hand. And let's pop some fucking claws. And let's shred off, cut off my fucking ankle. Let's get free. Let's And let's get the final fucking wrist and slice that off fucking too. Um, so very, very nuts, very fucking violent, very fucked up. And I fucking loved this title. It's so fucked up to say, um, and to know and have read Wolverine throughout the years and to know everything he's had to struggle with and still struggles with, you know, but also to see how, again, how much he legit cares and loves these kids, you know, these youngsters, um, and what he's always willing to do for them is dope. Um, but yeah, so I enjoyed it. I don't want to spoil anything from there, although that was pretty nuts. I did find out at the end of this title, it's going to be a 10 part series. That's going to drop, drop, sorry. That's going to drop twice a month. I didn't realize that from the start of it, but it's going to lead up to Wolverine number 50. So another milestone issue for this particular character. And again, I loved it. Um, that's where the questions of the week comes from guys first one what is the best team you've ever been a part of and whom is someone in your life not family at all that you have helped train and teach and watch them grow in a positive way that you're proud of first one's easy for me um i've been a part of a lot of good teams uh best team is yeah and you guys should know this off if you guys are old time listeners uh my wrestling team in high school well, fucking studs um band of brothers we the blood sweat and tears we put into hours of wrestling of working out together cardio everything getting our asses kicked in the trenches fighting each other pushing each other making each other better as as wrestlers as kids and and even now as adults like i still talk to a lot of the the wrestlers and i still love a lot of them 
And there's a lot of them where it's like, yeah, I don't know about homeboy. Um, but that's the best team I've ever been a part of, ever. Like, studs. We were all fucking studs. That's when Josias was a fucking maniac and, and yeah, I was a stud a long time ago. Um, so that's my, my team. That's the best team I've ever been a part of. Second one is whom is someone in your life, not family at all, that you have helped train and teach and watch them grow in a positive way that you're proud of. This one I, I should have more, I think. Uh, first person that comes to my, my mind is my friend from the office, Victoria. Spoken about her many times in the past and before COVID, the plan was let's get you on a show. Like she used to listen back then to, especially to the deep dives and rabbit holes. I know she was a fan of those ones. She helped out with a bunch of ideas for a bunch of those ones before. And yeah, I don't know if she ever listened to the comic syndicate proper, but um, yeah, dude. So Victoria started a long time ago at the office. I trained her. I was my, I was her trainer. Um, her mom worked there for years and for many years and, um, and, and, you know, her dad played on my softball team several times. So very cool. And to meet this youngster and to teach her and to see her grow as a, an employee and a worker and a friend is dope to me. You know, um, I always looked at her weird as, and I've told her before, like, you're, it's like you're my baby sister, dude. Like, that's how much I care about this girl. And she has met my family before many times, and she's gone over to events, again, prior to COVID. And even during COVID, she was one of those people where I felt I needed to reach out to uh, and just check up on, you know, because just because we can't see each other, dude, I'm still around. We still work here. Granted, albeit from home, as we're working remotely. But, um, yeah, that, that would be it. Uh, and she would be the fucking person, um, dope fucking girl. And I'm proud to see of her become a kick-ass worker, coworker at the office. And she's doing great. And I'm proud of that. Um, random I've met, I used to coach after wrestling. I coached at Tustin high school and years after the fact, there have been two wrestlers I used to coach that have, you know, spotting them out of anywhere. Um, I forgot. One was at a bar and the other one was somewhere else by my office, actually. And Juan and, and Homeboy, um, they both told me, Coach Joe. Um, I never got called Coach Arabalo. Uh, it was always Coach Joe. And both of these guys told me on their own. <clears throat> and they're like, I just want to let you know, Coach Joe, you and Manuel helped me out so much. Like we got so much better the short time you guys were there and you guys cared about us and what you showed us, how you trained us. I'm able to use that in life. Now, again, I never thought I would have that impact on, on people. Like I wanted to be a teacher many years ago. That was my major after, after high school. Like that was the passion that I wanted to find and grab. And, and that's what I wanted. And that changed <laughs> and that changed. Um, so to get compliments like that are always fucking cool. Um, so that's why I wanted to bring it more, not family, cause we can all give that fucking story, right? Or I hope we could all give that story, but seriously, think about it. Who is someone in your life, not family at all that you have helped train and teach and watch them grow in a positive way that you're proud of. Um, yeah, that's it. That's all I got. Um, 
Yeah. Subscribe to the podcast anywhere you guys can. Find podcasts on the comic syndicate.podbean.com. I'm at for the villain on Twitter, so X and uh TikTok uh, now, which unfortunately I don't tick or talk nearly enough as I probably should. But anyways, uh hope you guys share the podcast. Please, more than anything, rate the podcast. I would greatly appreciate it. So you guys are great, rad. And back to what I said earlier. Consistency is the fucking key, dude. So hopefully I can be consistent, uh, still going through. And yeah, thanks for listening. Super Bowl is next Sunday, a week from today. Um, fuck it. Uh, I know everyone's going a certain team. Uh, team Niners, dude. Hopefully Jacob and my brother Jonathan that has passed, hopefully they can see uh, the Niners take this one down this week. All right, I will catch you guys next week. Thanks again for all the love, support. Peace out.